This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 27. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hello, how are you all doing? So, now for the last 26 episodes, me and my guests have shared the science of a fulfilled and meaning life with you. And we did touch on how to apply these things in life, but I thought it might be helpful to see how some of these things are really broken down and used in daily life. To me, it's really important to walk the talk, to Take what I learn and use it in my own life to be able to reflect my best self in more situations. Now, people, and that includes myself, often talk about becoming the best version of themselves. And that somehow seems to imply that this lies in the future and it's something that we might never actually achieve. And I think that each and every one of us already is an absolutely wonderful being and I realize how cliche this sounds, how empty this sounds, but stick with me for a minute. If you think about it, you are not, even if you think, you know, you're not a particularly good person or something, there have been moments in your life when you have been at your best. Maybe you have comforted a family member in need, stood up for yourself or others, or you expressed yourself truly. So the goodness is clearly already there. The challenge is not, you know, becoming good. The challenge, as I see it at least, is to be able to show our goodness in ever-increasing number of ways. So you don't really need positive psychology to do that, to be honest. You know, life has many possibilities. And if you have found ways that serve you, that is great. For me, positive psychology has been extremely helpful. For number one, it gives... You know, it gives you something to think about that is productive and meaningful. And it takes you away from engaging with the more destructive information, which is probably more readily available than the stuff that positive psychology talks about. Number two, positive psychology shows us there are other responses available to us that we may have never thought about. And number three, positive psychology can give us an inspiration to actually apply knowledge. And today, this is what I really want to talk about. It's about walking the talk. So this next section, I want to call it Pimp My Morning. I am under no illusions. My morning routine in itself is not that interesting. However, the reason why I will nevertheless tell you about it is that it shows how we can implement the principles of positive psychology into daily life instead of just tacking something on at the end of a very busy day. Now, the first thing I did when I thought over my morning routine was removing negativity. Now, Positive psychology is, of course, about focusing on the positive. However, if there is stuff that's stressing us out or we simply don't like and we can remove it, we should. So for me, I hate to rush. I'm not someone who can get out of bed, you know, 20 minutes before I leave the house. I just hate it. So I make sure that every morning I wake up plenty, you know, with plenty of time. And... I didn't like hearing all the horror stories of the entire world combined into a morning radio show and I used to listen to radio for a very long time but I decided after a while that it was just 
too depressing and it wasn't really helping me. I mean, it's not like I went out and, you know, saved the world and saved all those accident victims or anything. I just felt depressed. And the thing is, the other thing that I removed from my morning was I, I just didn't like to be squished into a bus. And so I thought, you know, let's just remove all these things. Now, just removing negativ negativity is, of course, not enough. We have to inject positivity. And I did this in different th ways. Um, some of them are really very unspectacular. So, for example, I really enjoy feeling clean and I really wake up in the shower. So, I'm, uh, so although I know I could sleep longer if I would just shower in the evening, I, I do make a conscious decision to shower every morning. And... I introduced a writing routine um, about three months, two, two, three months ago, and it gives me a sense of achievement even before breakfast. So now, before breakfast, I make sure that I get some writing out of the way, and it's not, you know, it's not terribly brilliant or anything, but it really helps me feel that I have already achieved something um, in the first few minutes of being awake that is important to me. And the other thing, as you know, as banal as it might sound, was to actually find a breakfast that I can truly savor. I don't know if you um, have maybe listened to the episode about savoring, um, but savoring is something that turns out to be really good for us. So that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, eating meditatively like some kind of monk every day, but it just means that I make sure that I, that I actually taste how good my breakfast really is. And Another thing that I mentioned before that was that I used to listen to the radio and instead of just listening to silence, which might be a good, great idea either, you know, as well, <laughs> sorry, um, I thought, you know, I would like to listen to something that makes me feel good or something that I can learn from. So I started listening to podcasts and audiobooks uh, while I prepare breakfast and also while I eat it. And some of you might argue that, you know, that takes away from the mindful experience of breakfast. And, you know, that's probably true, but it works for me. I'm not someone who wants to meditate over breakfast, although I want to savor it. And um, if you're different, please go ahead. Now, the next thing I did when I thought about my morning routine was to make the conscious decision to stop commuting and actually walk to work. Now, obviously, this is not possible for everyone. For me, it just takes 30 minutes. And I could, you know, I'm using an air quote now, save 10 to 15 minutes a day if I would take the bus. But walking is not just about my physical health. I process things while walking and um, without necessarily thinking about them. I enjoy music that fits my mood. I take the path where there's more nice things to see, although most of it you know, is not really that nice. It's uh, quite an industrial area. But still, um, I see, you know, I go there where it's nicer. If there's sunshine, I'll make sure that I walk on that part of the road where the sun is shining in my face. And I'm not just taking the quickest route, but that one, which actually ensures that I get some light. And so that's it with the morning. Those are a few things that I did to improve the quality of my morning. And I feel it's an investment. It's not something that's taken away anything from my life. It's actually adding to it. Now, another great and important way to implement positive psychology is to look at the area of work. And again, how did I start shaping work? The first, again, was removing negativity. 
And, you know, to be honest, this is quite difficult and I and it remains a challenge. And it's also not just the negativity of other people, but, you know, that when I become stressed out, that I can remove my own negativity. And really, that is sometimes quite hard as well. But usually when I go on breaks, all right, and with three or more people, I just discovered that for, for some reason, quite often, the group would start a gossip. And I just figured out that, you know, I... I'm no saint. I used to be part of those, you know, gossip ta- talks as well. And I I just, at my previous job, I remember how, in a weird way, it made us feel connected w- because we were gossiping about, you know, the leadership or, you know, the lack of leadership that we experienced. But when I changed jobs, I just also thought, you know, there's a price I'm paying for taking part in the, all this gossip. So I made the decision to stop going on breaks with groups, just with one or two people, or by myself. And instead, I would replace it with one-to-one lunches. And, you know, when it's just one other person, you're much more able to steer the direction of the conversation. And we have a lot of open and honest conversations, and I don't really miss hanging out with groups um, during the breaks anymore. Um, That's one way of shaping work and removing negativity. Another way was that I used to have a really bad boss who didn't just make my life miserable, but basically everybody else's as well. And when I went looking for a job, I chose to take the job um, with the boss I got along with best, just because I had learned how much peace or lack thereof there is, and it's really dependent on you know the boss. And of course, you should be able to ensure your own happiness. However apart from someone you're married to, I don't think there are a lot of people who are, have more influence um, on your you know, state of mind than your boss does. So for me, it was really important to pick one that I could work with well and that I actually liked and who appreciated me and I appreciated him. And as I mentioned before, I hated long commutes, so I made the decision to only search for jobs in my part of the city. And I realized that not all of you are lucky enough to do this. Not all of you might have the autonomy that I have. And I understand that not all of you can only work for people they enjoy. And I know that this might you know, make you feel a little bit angry towards people like me giving out this kind of advice. And, and I understand that because I was in that position before. However... It's really about looking at each part of your day and seeing where changes could be made. And I think I really feel that as Brazzo said, you know, in last episode um, on habits a week ago, that if we really look at everything we do or, you know, just take a part of your day, don't start with everything you do. Otherwise, it's a little bit much. But if we think through the steps and everything we do, um, we do see possibilities and we do see where we can fit things in. And that's exactly what we want to do. Another another topic is that is, of course, interesting and important is strengths at work. And I could probably do a whole podcast about it, just, you know, going on about that. And Michelle McQuaid talked about strengths at work in a past episode as well. But for me, what did I do? I mean, it's not worth it if you just study these concepts and don't apply it to your real life. So when I was actually going to the job interview for my present job, I I knew by then that training youngsters and taking care of, you know, with youngsters, I mean, 
interns and apprentices and i knew that training them on the job and taking care of them really makes me happy so i told my future boss that i would only want the job if i could you know train interns and apprentices and he was okay with that and i've been doing that now for a couple of years six years and um i'm really happy with it there's obviously more to talk about about strengths and other ways in how we can use positive psychology so now we talked about how we can take existing aspects of our life and include positive psychology So what about the other way around? What if we like a particular concept from positive psychology and we want to use it in our life? So let's start with habits. I um, highly recommend that you check out last week's episode number 27 because habits are absolutely crucial for everything we do in life. I really believe that. And um, this week I had to say goodbye to someone who is one of the most important people in my, you know, of my life. And I was lucky enough to have Bratzel's advice on habits on the forefront of my mind when this happened, and it happened very unexpectedly. So I realized that habits do not just relate to reaching goals, although that's usually the context in which they are talked about. Habits can help us cope with difficult situations if we understand that most of the difficult emotions and thoughts we experience during such a time, they come down to habits. So, for example, we would look at our phone, you know, and a message that was once there is not anymore, so we feel sad. Or we see objects that remind us of, you know, good or bad things that happened. And and I'm not saying, you know, repress your feelings or anything like that. I am a big believer in sitting with our emotions and experiencing them so we can move through them. However... If we are constantly reminded of something difficult through environmental triggers, it makes sense to remove them and to replace existing habits with other ones. And what I mean is that actually habit can, um, sadness and, you know, anger or whatever difficult feelings you are facing when you're coping with something, they're not just, you know, a requirement. I mean, we have a lot of that maybe in us when something difficult happens. However, if we just let random environmental triggers set us off every second, we give away a great deal of control over our lives, over our thoughts and our emotions. So something that I started looking at was, okay, so how can I remove environmental triggers? And I will take an example here, um, make an example here. So now For example, like many people in the age of the smartphone, I am guilty of checking it way too often. And now, you know, especially when someone is not around anymore, you might look at your phone and there's no message there and you feel sad and you think of that person. And that's not something that's necessary, you know, for you to happen. It doesn't really benefit your situation and it doesn't really help you move through pain in any way. So I thought, all right, so how can I, first of all, maybe reduce the amount of times I look at my phone? And also, if I look at my phone, like what, what, what else could I do instead? So every time that I feel the impulse to, to check my phone, could I do something instead? So I came up with this idea that every time that, I'm, that I want to check my phone and I am sitting in a peaceful place, go figure where that might be, Instead of checking my phone now, I just 
decided, you know, I have an impulse to do something in that moment, so I might as well just think about what I'm grateful for that happened today. And it's not about, you know, I'm grateful for general things like my health or my family, but really things that happen on that specific day. And of course, sometimes I still check my phone more often than I should. And But what ha- what Bratz's advice has really helped me to do was to kind of increase the instances of when I would use gratitude now and also to reduce the instances where every random trigger could just cast me into some kind of dark abyss, you know. And by thinking about habits this way, I'm aware of the choices available besides the knee-jerk sadness at what happened. And I really feel that positive psychology, you know, habits is one way of how we can do this, but you can actually probably take lots of other positive psychology subjects and look at, you know, hope or courage, authenticity, strengths, all these things that we have already talked about and look at your current life situation and what can, if you just look at your life situation through the lens of hope or through the lens of authenticity, what comes up? So really we could talk about examples like this for almost every episode that we've made and But I hope that this episode called Walking the Talk kind of shows you how I take a pretty unglamorous approach. You know, none of these things that I told you is really, you know, some kind of, you know, this is the miracle method that will get you whatever you want. It's really really about looking at all the little parts of our daily life and kind of adjusting and removing and adding things and in a way that... Overall, we become happier and more fulfilled. So I hope by hearing these real-life examples, you have a better idea of how you could use what you hear on this podcast and, of course, in other places as well and apply it to your life. Have a good week and talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us out by sharing it with your network and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love to hear from you at Kristen at strengthphoenix.com. For show notes and more, head over to www.strengthphoenix.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt.